0: Next is Hannah Camilleri. Hannah is a performer and a writer who has won numerous awards the last few years. Melbourne International Comedy Festival's Golden Gibbo Award for her show, Pet Nat and Hannah Chocolat. (laughs) No, it's good. And um, won the inaugural comedy New New Work Award at Fringe last year for her solo show, which everyone raved about if they saw it. Um, I'm so thrilled to have her here tonight. Thank you, Hannah. That bio's a tough act to follow, all right? Okay. Loved the first two, by the way. Blown away. Um, I was gonna do little palm cards. My boyfriend was like, you should put them on palm cards. And I was like, nah, they'll be a lectern. I don't know, I just thought they'd be hidden. Okay, here we go. The sunroom. A small attachment that none added to the house. The light would be hitting the curtain, the curtain containing it, keeping the sunroom slightly cooler. And you knew if you opened it to look outside, you'd feel warmth on your face immediately. And the underside of the curtain would be burning as it was finished with block My mum tells me an acrylic film added to the fabric to cut out light. Nanna would be reading her thin Mills and Boone novel with her reading glasses on and would invite me to sit with her on the couch under the window. She would call them her sexy novels. <laughs> but she claimed after my family interrogated her that she skipped over the sexy bits. <laughs> feel bad for her, feel bad for that. Just enjoy it, Nanna. <laughs> she would hold me close while she read, her breath audible and smelling of cigarettes. Sometimes Nanna would be there instead, having a nap naps are funny we're going to sleep but we're obviously in denial and thinking lying on the couch would be more appropriate than the bed <laughs> i'm guilty of that their bed was small i didn't know this until much later but they shared a double no judgment that just adds to what i'm trying to create um it had a big at the time i was little so i had a single bed so <laughs> so the double was actually quite exciting but yeah now i realize they were a really small bed um <laughs> It had a big shiny wooden bedhead made of cheap solid wood finished with a veneer to make it look nicer. It had, again, no judgment. This is just, na 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 the immigrants, you know, I get it, I get it. I don't get it, but I get, I get their story. Okay, it had an inner spring mattress and to top it off had a purple and green mink blanket, which reminded me of the Cookie Monster's fur or a friend of his that would be this combination of colors. The Virgin Mary hung right above the bed. Whoa. It's not a scary story. Everything would be fun and games, sleeping over, until my nana and nana would go to bed. They'd say goodnight, and we were supposed to put ourselves to bed when we were ready. It sounds like a thrill, but... Um like being treated by adults, but we would just scare ourselves. I would lie down and just be picturing someone walking up the driveway and opening this wrought iron gate and then somehow unlocking the back door and then walking through the sunroom, going through the kitchen, picking up a knife and heading straight for me. (laughs) Sometimes I was so scared at night in their house on Kerry Street in Sunshine that I would hop in bed with them right in the middle. They were heavy, sunken into the bed, tired, and I was wide awake, sweating, like now. And there was barely any doona on me because it was pulled tight across their bodies like a hot cave. <laughs> then Nanna would snore. I didn't know women snored. All the cartoons and movies had men snoring, but my Nanna was really good at it. I found it comforting, knowing she was breathing there right next to me. But then sometimes I would panic because she was asleep, so she wasn't conscious. And what if someone came into the house? She'd be out like a light. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tenuous, okay, here we go. <laughs> Rosary beads and Mills and Boone on the bedside table, not substantial weapons and her discarded hearing aids. None. None. not your hearing aids. The robbers are coming. <laughs> um, they owned a night light that could be plugged into the wall for the purpose of keeping their grandchildren feeling safe. I was afraid of the dark, so I really appreciated the ability to see some things. Like their wooden coffee table with the white doily. Bitzilla, which is bob and lace making, is huge in Malta. Let's bring that back. Um, their large dark green corduroy bean bag sitting on their white rug. The cabinet full of glassware never used and all the old graduation photos on top. Dad with hair, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Nunu and Nana's night light had a picture of a lion's head on it, a white plug featuring a black outline of a cartoon lion with its mouth open. The light was a dull orange. A lion's face isn't ordinarily a very comforting image for someone who's scared, but I think we decided it was a friendly lion. Ah wow. oh, it was a 2D lion and not anywhere the size of a real lion. But as long as someone tells you something's friendly, you know it won't get you. The light seemed to move around. It was always where I needed it to be when I slept over, in one of the spare bedrooms or the lounge, but never in Nana or Nana's bedroom, because at that point I'd taken the risk and left my post to jump in with them. <laughs> so hot, Nana snoring. <laughs> Nana, I'd wake her up. Oi, you're snoring. Shit, Tate, you're snoring. Oh, snoring, sorry, Sabiha. Your Nana stop snoring now. Then came the clock. I'd never really noticed it by day, but when the house was silent, it was terrifyingly clear. A small striking clock hung in the hallway that went off every quarter hour. (laughs) Why are these in people's homes? And then chimed the number of hours on the hour. Was that really necessary? Like, was it for people who were in the yard, in the backyard, like, and they needed to hear the time? Carmen and Lewis would go to bed at about 8 p.m., sometimes 7. So we would hear 7 chimes at 7, 8 chimes at 8, and 12 chimes at midnight. 12 chimes at midnight sounds like a fire alarm. It's the most frightening thing to hear when you're scared, especially while the house lays still. It feels like a climax in a film. I was probably only 12, but I'd seen enough movies where there's a big old house and the camera zooms in for a close-up on a clock face. Mary Poppins, Home Alone, etc. It's to accentuate the fact that the protagonist doesn't have much time, or in Kevin McAllister's case, that the robbers are going to burst in and be after him. I'd also watched too many scary films like The Witches and Urban Legend. <laughs> Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. I really shouldn't have watched this when I was 12. I was really excited to watch it because we were at a slumber party and my parents strictly adhered to the classification ratings at home and we were only allowed to watch ABC and SBS. But this film really spooked me. I remember my dad asking me what I was doing before heading to my Saturday netball game, looking under the car in broad daylight and looking in the boot, checking for axe murderers. I told him, "Okay, we can go. The striking clock was also really close to their bedroom. I'm not sure why they didn't mind the proximity. The chime is known as the Westminster Quarters, traditionally created to be heard from afar, but probably not five metres. Ben? Okay, this is the first quarter. Yeah, you familiar? Okay, that's first quarter, fine. Second quarter. I've seen this chiming is built for like an entire town and not like a house. I don't have any other clock gear to get through this, but I just thought it'd be nice to listen to It's probably just a bit indulgent. Okay, we're nearly at the end. Just want, I just want you to hear the chimes, which you've heard before. Okay, this is the fourth quarter. This is us all through the night. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone's sleeping with this clock. <laughs> I, was, I was not. Okay. Here we go. <coughs> <laughs> just 12 of these. But just like all, every hour you get me and then one o'clock, one gives you a bit of a breather and then (laughs) builds up again. Thanks Ben, that was really worth it. Um, My dad recalled all of us having bad nights with this clock and I asked my parents, did you ever feel guilty for dropping us off? To which dad replied, nah, I think we kicked up our heels as we took off. A pretty cold blooded remark. We did have a fun time patting the rabbits and drinking Nesquik and playing basketball, but the nights were brutal. (laughs) You know when it's getting to a time when you feel safe because the chimes start to reduce in numbers of three or four and 5am is when my grandparents get up so you're definitely home safe at that time when they're walking around. At this point they can take care of the intruders while I get some shut eye. Nanna would get up and put his slippers on and shuffle out to the kitchen, making an instant coffee and breakfast before heading outside to water the veggies and finally to his shed where he would listen to the radio. Nanna would follow soon after, making a tea or heating the stovetop po- coffee pot and lighting up a cigarette before a big morning of cleaning and cooking. <laughs> Their pottering solaced me. I'd made it through. No kidnaps, no murders, no visitors. Then we would take turns to nap during the day in the sunroom. That's why Nana and Nanna will have naps every day. They're off all night, every night, listening out for murderers. Thank you.